episode 65 of the Cooldown Time Podcast. I'm your graphically impressive host of the show, Marco, and I'm being joined, as always, by my co-op co-host, Pablo, to talk about gaming's best and bootiest. Pablo, what's happening, man? What's going on? Not much. Uh, just getting out of work, mm-hmm. ready to talk about some games. You know how it is. It, uh, another week, mm-hmm. uh, another episode of the Cooldown Time Podcast. Yep, I am uh, your, uh, your with- graphically hungover host actually oh so, yeah uh, well i'm i'm an industry inside my house guesser so oh okay all yeah. right yeah well in that case we have a great we show uh in this episode we'll mm-hmm. be covering more open critic predictions of this year's upcoming games our take on the big last of us backlash why final fantasy 16 is for the children and much much more uh, but before we continue shouts out to all of our new and returning listeners for checking out this week's show If you like us, give our podcast a sub. We drop new episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and all your favorite streaming services. And if you're feeling extra cool, follow us on IG at Cooldown Time Podcast to stay connected with your boys in between episodes. Pablo, it's ready to talk uh, some games now, man. So let's jump right into the first segment of the show that we call Loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, man. We are here with loadouts. You're jamming to nothing. Hey, listen, man. Don't worry about me. I'm I'm trying to wake myself up. I'm good. Uh, just doing a little <laughs> bit of head bobbing to the sound of nothing. Um, I saw it. You know what's worse than the sound of nothing? The sound of power washing, Pablo. <laughs> because uh, you got a game on your list called Power Wash Simulator, and I want to hear mm-hmm. you talk about this. I want to start off the show. That we do every week, talking about power washing. The floor, the floor is yours, man. Tell me, tell me what's going on here. It's a, it's now a power wash, uh, power wash podcast where we talk about all the great <laughs> okay, power wait a wash minute. tools. Wait a minute, wait. And, uh, <laughs> nah, man. Listen, this is one of those, and I guess it's gonna sound like negative off bat, but it's like a nothing game where it's basically exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's uh, they give you some dirty shit. In a power washer, and you spray that bitch mm. down. You hose that bitch down. <laughs> uh, but um, it's like one of the, it's also like one of those zen experiences where it's kind of like it's really chill. Like I was, my wife was here watching something on TV. I'm talking to her, and she and I'm washing this like backyard. My wife looks over. She's like, "Are are you?" power washing something <laughs> i was like and it was so hard to explain i'm like it's multiplayer you can no. uh power wash the other side and she's like no i'm not doing that she's like are you gonna do that to the backyard where we have a backyard oh, i was like snap you i was you like just, no, you just this power washed your way into more work bro <laughs> no i told her, this is a simulator I'm simulating the act of power washing. It's the same thing when she asked me for like a, a back rub. She's asking me for uh, some something that a person went to school for. Uh, I, I, I don't go to school for no masseuse. Don't ask me. Yo, <laughs> I might hurt that you. Wasn't, that no, wasn't no, a simulator. This, that was a rehearsal. You you yeah, are going to yeah, be yeah. power washing. Wow. Yeah. No, but dude, it is it is pretty. There's something to be said about those kind of games where I know you have your kind of your Zen moments with your um, uh, with your Stardew Valley stuff. This is a lot less involved. It's literally 
water to dirt but it's it, it it's soothing it's it's fun like there's also the, a multiplayer component you can bring somebody on to play with you and i don't know how i don't know how that would uh, that would be really boring i think if like me and you jumped on to power wash some shit but as it's standalone and kind of just like a relaxing podcasting type of experience it's actually pretty cool it's a lot kind of like uh the house flipper game that's on there where people enjoy that the moving game where it's just kind of like rearranging things it's in that same kind of lineage of game uh and it's it's just it's a it's a good it's a good time um but it is in essence it's it's a nothing game it's a two-year-old game i think that was on pc that's now on game pass so it's 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 a good to have but it's not exactly like the marquee game of the month you know right. that, that uh so which is like weird because it kind of brings me into another point i wanted to make about this kind of stuff like th- i've noticed that there's a difference between sony podcast uh, creators and xbox podcast creators the sony podcast creators they have no communication with with sony like they don't sony doesn't talk to them the the xbox uh content creators have open season they can talk to phil spencer on their show if they want to. yeah and xbox is very <laughs> smart because they tend to control the narrative by it letting them interview developers and so with that i, I feel like these xbox content creators which by the way i enjoy i i, I watch sure. a lot of the shows yeah. uh i i like them but I'm seeing more and more that because they're getting access to these kind of things, they're they seem to be forcefully kind of creating some kind of of hype for these really mundane mid to bad games, and it's kind of annoying because I'm sitting here playing Power Wash Simulator, and I'm like, oh, it's just a fun little thing, and then I go on an Xbox podcast or I hear one, and it's like. This is one of the best games of the year, and it's like, what are we, what are we talking about here? You know, like uh, I saw somebody like hyping up, and listen, I hyping up a hyperscape or hyper. Oh, uh, I think I know charge. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's which is a, a game that looks like little toy soldiers, or, or it's like Toy Story meets Call of Duty. That's kind of like the pitch, and that game came out on 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 Switch like two years ago. To, to no fanfare. Nobody's talking about the game. It is a mid-fucking game. Like, the middest game of all the mids. And if you listen to these shows, you swear to God they have the, the next Fortnite on their hands or the next big thing. It's just... It's just because they had access to that to that developer, and, and they're doing these things. It's really, 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 really annoying. But Xbox is controlling the narrative that way. It's really smart. I commend them for as corporate overlords to to take over these these content creators and really kind of push the narrative. Sony fans are their own thing. Xbox are their own thing. But Sony podcasts, at the very least, they they're more. And I hate to say this, they're more introspective because they have less to talk about in terms of like, oh, let's talk to uh, Shuhei Yoshida or let's talk to Jim Ryan or anything. They don't have that access. So really, it's more like, hey, let's break down what we think about this specific game or or something more like what we do here. Uh, they're forced to do that. I'm sure if Sony gave them access, it would be the same uh, song and dance. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Xbox here is simply kind of infiltrating these content creators. And it's really annoying because it's hard to gauge what's good and what's not good on Game Pass. Not for us because we're really connected to games. It's kind of our number one hobby. But for those who are coming in, you know, it would be really weird to get someone like my brother who's not exactly a a huge, uh, he's a huge gamer, but he's not like connected like that. For mm-hmm. him to come across a, a, a tweet, a tweet that says "Power Wash Simulator Game of the Year," download that he plays, <laughs> and he's like, "What the fuck? I just washed down this van. Like, what am I? Ta- what am I doing here?" It, yeah. It's these things. It's it's cre- manufacturing these this hype, and that's because 
One of the reasons they're also doing it is because I know that Game Pass is pretty dry right now, but also that's indicative of the entire kind of um, uh, gaming industry. The industry is dry right now. The thing that that is 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 kind of showing the that Game Pass isn't perfect or that Game Pass does have a problem is that Game Xbox in itself doesn't have the history that Sony does. Right now, Sony, their new uh, whole entire thing that they have going on, their uh, PS Plus Premium, all that stuff, they, they're dry as shit right now as well. But guess what? They have historic or, or games that you'll fall back on, games that people would like to play, old games. They have that to fall back on, and, and they kind of pivot to that when they don't have mm-hmm. a game which like straight it's coming out uh, next week. Like they have that. Xbox doesn't have that. Xbox has to kind of like Naraka Blade Point. Woo! Everybody's like, oh my god, it's so fun when it works. I'm like, what are you <laughs> talking about? You know, uh, it's so insane. Man. It's so insane. Like, I appreciate. I will appreciate games like Power Wash mm-hmm. later. It's a game that's not out here because I wanted to talk about next week if me and marco get to play which is like escape academy those little kind of fun experiences they're more than welcome onto the uh, onto game pass of course they are free to play i don't have to spend money on them you know in terms of full pricing uh full price but you know let's call spade a spade let's call it what it is these are just little experiences and otherwise very 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 dry season that game pass is having if these games were to have come out right when a big xbox game is coming out nobody be talking about these games nobody would mm-hmm. spend the whatever five minutes that i spent talking about power wash i wouldn't be talking about power wash later on the cool down time podcast i just i wouldn't let you it's not i wouldn't let I you would, do it i, yeah, I just right. over talked you uh, it, <laughs> yeah so it, it's just one of those things where there is there, there there's a industry is in a, in, a, in a bit of a lull mm-hmm. right now and accepting that and moving on and holding Xbox accountable for that is is fine. That's something you should be doing. There is an industry issue worldwide, uh, worldwide, but you should also be able to be like, man, I wish Xbox did a little bit more in terms of bringing things into Game yeah. Pass that need to be on Game Pass. And and that's not what they're doing right now. They're, they're kind of doing Power Wash Simulator and, and, and all these games, and they're like, throwing the devs on or interview or whatever. And it's like, oh, they get to talk up these games that otherwise would have never gotten that shine. And that's... And that's okay to give those developers their time, but don't hype them up like they're about to revolutionize video games because they not. Mm-mm. But anyway, that, that's <laughs> all I'm playing. I'm playing, obviously, other games, AI, Somnium and Fossil, playing that, loving that. I'm yeah. almost done with that. But the, the, I just kind of wanted to talk about Power Watch a little because it was a fun experience. And also, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what's ha- yeah, happening yeah. in the Xbox world. Nah, yeah. man, go for that's it. All I, that's yeah. all good. Um, Man, who would have thought a Power Wash game? He brought up his marriage. He brought up, <laughs> he brought up the state of podcasts. He went. He Power Wash Simulator does that kind of thing, man. This game is big. Nah, this is, this is another case of what I've called uh, drought clout. I talked about it last year uh, for a time, you know, um, where a lot of games that wouldn't normally get that kind of shine will get the extra tilt of greatness uh, in the eyes of a community yep. because there's. There's nothing new going on, and they're so starved for new content that they'll make a big deal out of something very little. And uh, yep. you're right. This is an example of that. This is this is an example. The Naraka Blade Point's an example of it. And I'm not saying that those games can't be enjoyed on some level. I'm sure they can, and they are you know, enjoyable experiences. But yeah, when you hear some people talk about them, it's like, guys, um, you're talking about a power wash simulator, Okay. Relax. It's not Game of the Year contenders. Uh, It's just not that. Oh, you know, Game Pass is, you know, this is why Game Pass, like, look, there's a lot of reasons why I have a Game Pass subscription. It's it's really not for these kinds of games, right? So, like, it's good good that they're here. 
but let's not blow this out of proportion, guys. Let's keep let's keep yeah. this in check and realize like they're they're nice to have on a collection of games for sure, but these are not marquee titles. They're not. And dude, let's respect people's time and money because a lot of these podcasts are running Patreons and people are paying monthly pledges to the Patreon account to get a two hour and a half podcast about a whole a fucking, dissertation, uh, a game that nope, <laughs> yeah, what do you? Are, are you serious man yeah, two or hour and a half podcast talking to the developers of hyper charge get the fuck out of here <laughs> anyway sorry <laughs> okay i mean it's just, uh, it's just it's a it, it's a chunk man, of time a tornado simulator and a chunk of money to talk about some bullshit game <laughs> what you got man what are you playing um interestingly enough i am playing uh bayonetta 2 um so uh Oof. earlier uh, a couple days back they they had uh, announced that uh, Bayo 3's release date is going to be on October 28th, so the rumor was true. Um, so, you know, naturally, just kind of being on a high of, you know, looking forward to Bayonetta 3, uh, I went and reinstalled Bayonetta 2 on my Switch. And um, I, I played maybe about three hours of it. Nothing too crazy. I just wanted to kind of get um, familiarized with it again and kind of relive some of the early parts of the game because uh, it, it, it comes out swinging pretty, pretty, you know, fast. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it holds up pretty well. Um, the zany plot and characters are just over-the-top nuts. It's 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 like the, the best of the worst of the best of what Platinum can do. Uh, <laughs> it, it just is. I mean, I they've like got the, you know, Bayo's obviously her, and she's she's strutting her stuff like normal. The, all the crotch shots are there. All the camera angles yeah, are there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like the little sidekick characters. There's one that's like a little... Uh, you know, Joe Pesci kind of character with the... He's 100% Joe Pesci from Lethal All the Weapon. way. And every, everything yeah. is forget about it, all that stuff. He is... How's that doing? How's they hanging? Yeah, Enzo is what they... Yeah, he, he, is, yeah. He, is, he is something. Uh, so there's no shortage of that. The, the, the action's still incredible to this day. The set piece moments never run dry. Uh, there's always a moment. I mean, e- even to the point where you can argue there's too many. Because there's just so many zany, zany things yeah. happening at one time. You don't even know like what's going on in reality. Like, what am I actually doing on this fighter jet right now? Like, why am I, why am I fighting on a fighter jet? Um, so there's a lot of those moments. Um, and it, it was really fun to come back to. But you know what? It, it, it was making me think, Pablo, of like, I don't remember the last time I played a game like this. Um, and it made me really start to think about like, hack and slash games and just like the fact that I, I feel like it's kind of a dying breed in the world of gaming now. And I, I, I kind of want to make my little pitch about that and then I want to get your thoughts. Um, yeah. It's been interesting because I think new new hack and slash games are pretty scarce. There's I think there's, well, I think there's like three or four factors that are making hack and slash games kind of a dying breed. I think there's a scarcity issue with like Devil May Cry not coming around very often. Um, you have one-off games like Astral Chain. Um, you have somewhat of a reoccurring um, Muso games with like the Warriors like themes, like the you know Hyrule Warriors, the Persona Five Strikers, that kind of thing. But you don't really have any mainstays that you can count on um, with a pretty reliable cadence of releases. Um, Another factor is I think some franchises have been sort of reinvented and pivoted away from being hack and slash. I think the biggest example of that's God of War. Um, 
from what it used to be in the beginning, uh, you know, very crazy, chaotic, and, and a lot of stuff happening at, at the same time. Just a really brutal and brisk game. And it goes from that to what the reboot did. And I think that that's um, pretty indicative that maybe the genre isn't as mainstream as it used to be before. And, and people want to move into those slower, um, story-driven experiences. Um, I also think there's an issue of some genres turning, um, of this genre rather, turning into roguelikes like Dead Cells and Hades. Uh, those games are hack and slash all the way, but they have that roguelike hook. So you can't really just play them and have a good time. You have this whole other thing, uh, you know, behind it that you either love or hate. Yeah. And then a lot of them just died along the way. Like Ninja Gaiden's a big example of that. Like that, that series just ate it. And we haven't seen it, you know, really ever again. And it's been very seldom that we've seen anything of that caliber uh, since then. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I, when I played it, it was like, man, I don't, I don't, I could, I was trying to think back for the last like four or five years. I'm like, I don't know if I played anything like this except Devil May Cry Five. Um, but how do you yeah, feel about I, this? Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, it, you know, I think when you look at like certain games, when you when you look up hack and slash the things that come up are like the Musou games at, you know, really, mm-hmm. I think the closest one to this, um, I, you know what is, it's, um, maybe near automata. Yeah. I guess yeah. it's RPG, but there's a hack and slash to it. They just um, ended that series like a, though. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a spin to it. If you do make it like chivalry two is technically ha- hack and slash, but it's a multiplayer right. game. Right. So it doesn't really count. Um, that game that came out, I'm gonna do it again. It's once Here a show at least. That game that Charades. came out, it's like an RPG. The game uh, that came yeah, out, that's I'm an RPG. Gonna, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> I'm not even gonna fucking try. Uh, but uh, you know, that one definitely has some ha- hack and slash uh, elements to it. But they're also attached to an RPG, like mm-hmm. Astral Chain. That's one that's like that. But there, it, it, it's not. I guess Astral Chain would be a good yeah, example. Yeah, it's pretty close. Uh, yeah, it's pretty close. But yeah, for but a game like Bayonetta or a game like um, Metal Gear Revengeance or right, the old right, right. God of Wars or something like that. Yeah, you're right. It it seems like even if that genre does exist, still exists, there's something attached to it, like mm-hmm. a roguelike element or like an, a very strong RPG. Like it's Diablo 3. I'm, I'm playing that and that feels like a hack and slash, but nobody really, it's a looter type of thing. There's yep. a lot of things attached to it that just don't make it a pure hack and slash like a Bayonetta is or like a Devil May Cry is. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it, it does feel like one of the genres that doesn't get that much love. And if they do, it's it's kind of like a... It's kind of like an amalgamation of right. things rather than just exactly. specific to its yeah, core. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be kind of, you know, refreshing, I think, when Bayonetta 3 comes out to play something that is just, from what we know, just a straight up traditional hack and slash game with no... Yeah. And it's got this, you know, kind of thing, too. Now, I would love to see I, the, the series evolve, but I think it's also kind of nice to see that it's not trying to be four different things like a lot of these games have turned into. Yeah. I, I think games should evolve, but I would like Bayonetta 3 to evolve in a way where a more sophisticated combo system, like evolve within the genre, not evolve like, I also now want this story to be emotional, like nothing like that. Let me ask you a question about Bayonetta 3. When you saw that trailer, what did you think? Because we we shared the trailer with each other, but we didn't really say what we thought about it. I thought it looked great. I mean, um, it it seems like it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. And then that's the thing. There's, There's some kind of... There's some type of tradition to Bayonetta now, um, which is weird to say because you wouldn't. I mean, it doesn't feel like one of those like classic series or anything. But there is some feeling or layer of tradition that I feel when I watch those trailers where I'm like, oh yeah, 
that's signature Bayonetta. Yeah. That that gives me those callbacks of what the genre used to be, and I I feel something. Even though there wasn't anything about that trailer that made me go, "Wow, that that's that's definitely a, the third game in the series." That they really moved the needle. Like I I still felt like I, I saw stuff that yeah. I don't know, just kind of tapped the 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 nerve of like, okay, that's that's good enough. That's what I wanted. I'm happy. So yeah, what I liked about the trailer is. is is them not showing off too much of those huge moments that happened in those games, which I'm sure are, are, are plenty. I think they, they know Nintendo has to pay for this genre, like for this game. Like they don't like Bayonetta two and three have been exclusive to Nintendo because Nintendo pay for it because they don't sell well, unfortunately. Uh, but I like that. They're kind of, you know, they're not necessarily showing you everything, you know, and, and but you're right. It looked it looked really cool. I think that visually the game looked a lot better than I thought it would. Though it de- definitely does look like a Switch game. But that's a good thing because I was hoping yeah. that they didn't look like really awesome and then performance would be trash. I, the the way the game looks, I'm like, I think that the, the Switch can handle thirty solid without any issue. Really, you know, mm-hmm. at a Bayonetta. Though I would love to see a Bayonetta game in sixty, but I think uh, Bayonetta two attempts it, it targets sixty, but I think it drops a lot. Um, it was just poorly yeah. optimized. It was a Wii U game at, at first, and I just think they didn't yeah. really give it the the, you- the once over that they should have to probably make it more uh, optimized. I guess, but yeah, I've I've always said that that Bayonetta two is probably one of the best like hack and slash adventure games. Do so you think that still holds true? While you get three um, hours. I, I still think so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There, there wasn't yeah. anything that I saw that made, that made me feel like, oh, yeah, this kind of, it's showing its age, it's it's feeling a little creaky or whatever. Yeah. No, I, I played it right away, and I'm like, yeah, this feels this feels really good. The style feels really gratifying. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing cool stuff, and I'm not really... One thing I'll give the game credit for is that it, it has that layer of depth if you want it, but it's also not making you have to remember 75 million combos to do what you want to do. You can you can kind of button mash and fudge your way through that a little bit and still have a really good time and look like you're doing really cool things. So I like the fact that it it doesn't take itself too seriously and, and try to become this like really hard nosed. You really have to learn this game's moves and and you know it's not like a Souls game of 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 hack and slash. You know it's. It it knows yeah. how to be in depth, that it also knows how to pull back and just kind of let you have fun and, and enjoy the moment. So, um, but yeah, other yeah. than that, I'm not. I actually haven't been playing too much else, really, man. I'm. I, I think my energy for gaming will come back next week when some new stuff drops. So, I think as dusk falls yeah. and Stray are coming out Stray. on the same day, uh, so we'll definitely be talking about those two games in the next episode uh but for now that's going to do it for loadouts for us so let's go ahead and move on to the news segment of the show that we call hit points for breaking news rumors and booty juice it's time for hit points all right so we have uh two news items that we want to talk about um in this week's episode pablo i'm actually going to kick it over to you first Uh, tell me what you got going on talk to me about final fantasy 16 what's going on yeah, I mean, uh, so Final Fantasy producer Naoki Yoshida stated that Final Fantasy 16 does not feature turn-based combat because younger demographics don't see the appeal of turn-based RPGs. Mm. Yoshida stated, is quote here, I've seen uh, quite a number of opinions saying I don't understand the attraction of selecting commands in video games. This opinion is only increasing, uh, particularly with younger audiences who do not typically play mm. RPGs. Uh, Yoshi P believes that opinions come from the fact that game design has evolved to the point where actions in most other genres can be performed in real time. 
and quote, actions such as press the trigger and your character will shoot a gun and press the button and your character will swing the sword can now be easily expressed without going through a command system. This is not an argument of what is good or bad, but there is a difference based on the player's preference and age, mm. uh, end of quote. Uh, I, I wanted to bring that up because obviously everything Yoshi P is saying is true. There's a a a a, a sect of people younger people who don't like turn-based combat i know a lot of people when you tell them hey uh, i know somebody was asking me hey how's persona 5 i'm like it's great he's like how does it play it's like it's turn-based no thanks you know like <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. not even giving the game a chance so i definitely understand that but i am concerned in in that i hope that this game hasn't been focused tested to fucking hell because it feels like those comments are kind of like well the younger people are not going to like this game because or if it's turn-based and then at the same time yoshida's vision of the game is that of a more mature game it is the first time ever we're going to see a mainline final fantasy game with an and mature rating so there's kind of like those two things at odds where he wants younger people to play it and i'm sure he's not talking about kids but you know, younger people who might play mature games, but I just feel like I, I really hope that what's happening here isn't like they're taking these 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 pain points that they see online and they're not creating this version of a Final Fantasy six uh, Final Fantasy game that is accessible. In that, when I play the game in combat, is going to be a Muso type game where mm-hmm. all I'm pressing is X and Y. Like he said, X to swing the sword, Y to swing the sword. And that's all that that is. Because if that happens, I don't know. I, I There is a certain amount of tech, like a technician approach to combat in any Final Fantasy game. Even in Final Fantasy VII Remake, even in Final Fantasy XV, where you are just pressing the button to do that. There are moments where you stop, pick a, 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 a move from a command, your limit breaker from a command screen. All that stuff is still there. It's just done in a different way. Him shouting out command screens specifically as a pain point kind of does worry me. What I hope that this game, is the combat isn't streamlined to the point where I'm just bashing buttons to, to, to get through the right. enemy. And and because that at that point, I'm going from moment to moment because the game is an open world. So I'm going from moment to moment, just sma- ba- smash your button to the next story cutscene. Like the, I have full confidence. And this is going to be a theme for me throughout the show today. It's a, 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 a developer team's pedigree. I have full confidence that the pedigree behind this game, that Yoshi P and all these people making this game are going to make a great Final Fantasy 16 game. However, these little things like that are things that kind of worry me a little bit. Like it, it's definitely, I hope that they're not sacrificing some kind of creative things in order to make the game more streamlined, to make the game more accessible. I don't want to hear that word ever uttered by these people in terms of like <laughs> we're trying to make Final Fantasy 16 accessible because what ends up happening is just that you really dumb down certain features and I'm all for uh you know, like Final Fantasy 15 already had it and Final Fantasy 7 Remake where it wasn't really turn-based. I'm all for that kind of style of, of, of combat. I, I personally, if you ask me personally, my preference for a Final Fantasy game to be turn-based or what Final Fantasy 7 Remake, what Final Fantasy 7 Remake all mm-hmm. the way. I, I think that's a really cool system. I think that's great. I think it, it, it's better. It's more engaging. But I don't want it to be even more streamlined than that, where it's literally just button pressing. Because if Final Fantasy VII Remake was just X and Y, and that's it, no command. It's a props, hack and slash it would, game. It, 
Yeah, it had become a hack and slash <laughs> game, but the way that those games were moving, right? Yeah, it just it it would sound like Bayonetta right, or right, anything. Of course, it would be very. It would be Cloud just sitting there singing the, the Buster Sword like left, right, mm-hmm. right. You know, I hope that it's not that. I don't think it's that, but th- I I kind of want to throw caution here to the wind and just kind of be like, remember I said this. I have, <laughs> I have a little bit of concern here as to what this might mean, but it could probably be nothing at all. Do you? How about you? What do you think about this? Yeah, there's two things that I would say here. Um, the first thing is, and this is, this is not directed to you. This is more of a general thing, Yeah. but I, I, I will say holistically, I agree with the principle that you, if you're square and you're, and you're, and you're managing Final Fantasy, you have to think about the long game, right? Because people will eventually age out. Uh, and you will have new generations of gamers that come in that have no care or understanding of the lineage of Final Fantasy at all. And want a game that feels fun, responsive, and isn't a lot of waiting and doing commands and everybody standing in a row versus another group of enemies standing in a row. And let's just take turns hitting each other. That's a weird thing to somebody who's coming new into the gaming space or who hasn't been around for very long. So I do understand on some level that they had to evolve with the times and they have to... I think conform is a bad word in this context, probably, but yeah. in a way they kind of do because if you if you try to be traditional, you can be traditional to a fault. And already we've seen a lot of Japanese games kind of start to feel a bit creaky and old, um, whereas Western games or even European games have started to feel more modern and in more kind of. I don't know, more optimized, more modernized, whatever you want to throw in there. So I I do like the fact that they are making the tough call to do that because in the end they have to think about final fantasy not just with this game but 5 10 15 years down the road so they can have a new group of people that look at this game as their first final fantasy and you know stick with the series for 10 15 20 years like we have right so i see it from that perspective the second thing i'll say is this in a way i think that part of the evolution of jrpgs was inevitable um when you think back on old JRPGs, turn-based ones. I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, what those games were built around was kind of action management. I don't think that they really had the ability it, back in the day to create... Yeah, the tech thing. A, a tech thing and even just kind of a pacing understanding of how to manage all these things happening at once. So instead of having a big cluster happen on screen, let's just make everybody take turns. And it was kind of a way to mitigate... Um, a lot of the things happening that you could do um, and to create some uh, opportunities for strategy and tact as well. I think JRPGs have evolved to a point now where they're able to still check those boxes of being strategic and tactful while still giving you the opportunity to uh, engage in the in, in combat with action focus instead of turn-based focus. And yes, Final Fantasy... I would even say 15 you can throw in there is a really good example of kind of that that progression. And I think a lot of other games, the East series, uh, Tales series, have all kind of, in their own way, kind of fallen into that pocket too. Um, so I think it's also a bit of a... I think there's a bit too much of a concern about this this quote because it, it, that's where JRPGs have been heading anyway. I, I, I don't think that Final Fantasy 16 is going to take it to uh, a bigger extreme. I just think that they know... Mm-hmm. There is so somewhat of a point of no return. 
that you have to commit to the series being and if you want turn-based final fantasies maybe they can create spin-offs they're not they've not uh, been averse to doing that over the years i just think mainline games they've had to probably decide okay look we have to commit to what modern gaming calls for now and if we can still make the games feel like rpgs um but also give them in the action and intuitive responses that younger crowds like and we can pull it off successfully then let's stick with it um and i like the fact that they're doing that instead of going back and forth and back and forth like that um well i would say that what my one of my main concerns is that 15 and 7 remake have already evolved there so him kind of reiterating that point just seems a little bit weird to begin with but also i hope it doesn't mean that he's even talking about stripping that even further down because of course there's you can be traditional to a point, but you can over quote unquote evolve something mm-hmm. to the point where it's nothing. You sure, know? sure. And I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I do think that there's something to be said about making your game and making it right to the point where it, you make it undeniable. Like persona five is turn-based, but that game is some of the best like a dragon. Yakuza went back. Oh, well, sure. Didn't go back. It never was there. It went to that and it worked. I think, I think, when you also look at games like I never thought what I got, I would have gotten into Fire Emblem Three Houses or Into the Breach, if they're done right, then it almost is a mute point because you are still kind of serving the game and the vision. That's not. I don't think that a sixteen is, you know, sacrificing its vision for that. I think they're definitely evolving that, and I hope in my in just me that they're not taking it too far to the point where it's just mm-hmm. you know x and y and that's it which I, I there's no way right there's no fucking way they do that but I, I i'm i'm curious a little bit scared but definitely curious as to what this combat system will mm-hmm. be and i think we'll see something soon so at least from what the rumors have said about about the game itself so I, i'm excited to see that. yeah man same same all right let's move on to the second and final hit points news item this one's uh this is the big one this is the one that uh Everybody wants to talk about on Twitter and everywhere else, so I think it's time that Pablo, you and me, go ahead and unpack this thing all the way and talk about this outrage that's going on, man. The Last of Us is getting cooked out there. Um, the part one of the remake uh, is is getting a lot of attention right now um, after an influx of social media backlash regarding the uh, $70 price tag of the remake. Uh, basically, Naughty Dog Animator... Robert Morrison took to Twitter to emphasize that the project is in no way a cash grab. Uh, And in his tweet, he stated that The Last of Us Part 1 is, quote, the most meticulously built and crafted project that I have ever seen or been a part of in my entire career, end quote. So, Pablo, I think the topic here is, is despite the critical acclaim and the strong sales as a PlayStation flagship franchise, um, the outrage surrounding this remake, and really when you think back, even the backlash of The Last of Us Part II's story stuff uh, from a few years ago, has really kind of raised the following question in my mind. Um, has the gaming community been unfair to The Last of Us and uh, and Naughty Dog. So I actually want to start with you first, uh, and then I'll kind of get into my crazy long speech about this. But I, I think it's time for us to finally address all this backlash. Where are you at with all this? Yeah, th- I think that this game is being uh, completely 
ice uh, like pointed out, isolated, and and put into this kind of like category as if it's the only game to have ever done this. Um, you know, I, I I think that the whole entire conversation or the entire point that this game is in fact a cash grab because it is a remake of a nine year old title that is only being you know uh, uh, graphically upgraded is a redundant stupid kind of take because listen essentially and technically every product ever made for sale is a fucking cash grab so like each and every one is is sony trying to make money off of this game Yes. Is the barrier to entry, is the price point to get into a next generation game, PS5, Xbox Series X, $70? Yes. Do they have the right to charge you $70? Yes. Value is not absolute. Like $70 to you and $70 to me is could be completely different to somebody else. It, it doesn't matter if the game is new or old. If you're a fan of, the, uh, of this franchise and you want to experience it, in this way, then that's what you have to do. Do we wish that these games were cheaper? Yeah, because I wish every goddamn game <laughs> was cheaper. I wish everything in the world was cheaper. I wish that this beer that I drank was cheaper. It's it's a mute point. It's redundant. If you if you think because and the reason why it's redundant and mute is it don't buy it. Like you don't you don't want to play this game because it's too expensive. Don't buy it. it. You don't have to buy this to engage in these conversations to talk to people and be like. You, because of the fact that you are okay with paying $70, you are now a corporate shill. You are now a corporate uh, defender. Like, it, 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 it's, it's, it's asinine. Just because I bought the product or I'm willing to buy the product that somehow I am now a corporate defender or some kind of shill. It, it is a, it's ridiculous. You're, they're grasping at straws. They're, it's, 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 it's a ridiculous uh, way of telling me you're broke. No, I'm kidding. Broke uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, I'm kidding. I, I just think it, it's just one of those things where this conver- the conversation is, is silly. It's like in my head, I'm like, there's no way this is gonna gain any traction. Like this will die here. No, it's everybody is talking about it, and everybody wants to talk about the value of money as if it's one thing, and it's not. Um, I don't have much to say other than I think it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I'm really curious to see what you have to say. I have a lot to say, um, and I'm gonna build on <laughs> pretty much all the main pillars of of your argument. Um, I know guys, I know buckle up. It's, it's, it's going to happen because a lot of, it's been the popular thing to, to dunk on. And, uh, I know that we are kind of in somewhat of a minority here, uh, with, with feeling this way, but I'm going to, I'm going to side with Pablo on this one pretty, pretty heavily. And I want to start here. Value as Pablo kind of alluded to is subjective. It's not fact. What you think is worth buying might differ from me and vice versa. So if you can choose what's worth your money, I can choose what's worth mine. It's the same goes both ways. Okay. Second thing we have to say, built, built on that first point, excitement for the game, as Pablo also mentioned, is not corporate shilling. Why are you mad about what people like, ho? <laughs> purchasing this game is not a sign of fanboyism stop assuming it's shilling just because you can't fathom somebody having an alternative opinion than yours okay miss me with this false sense of consumer activism you're not the measuring stick for a righteous purchase man a lot of y'all out there talking the most crap on twitter 
Y'all probably have nothing but free-to-plays installed on your consoles. <laughs> While you're in the middle of Warzone breaks, you're telling me what to do with my $70. I'm sorry, but that's ridiculous. And stop sparking internet outrage, because all that does is lead to more hate and threats and personal attacks against these developers, and they've already dealt with enough of that on the Sony side anyway. Okay, we talked about the God of War situation. The last thing we need is a bunch of people coming at the, the team at Naughty Dog because they think their work is lazy. And so here's some pictures of my dick, too. Like, I don't know what's going to happen from here, but like this, this outrage is almost always a precursor to really hateful and vile stuff. And so I, I hope it doesn't go there again, but knowing the internet, it probably will, as much as I hate to be that pessimistic. Yeah, and I'm sure some of those uh, developers will be like, "Man, do I do I rather would I rather receive a penis pick or anthrax?" And I think they pick uh, every anthrax time to see a fucking. L- yeah, they'll line it up time. on the table if they have to. Um, <laughs> listen, guys, let's talk about the game itself because there's a lot of arguments that are out there. So let, let's let's unpack it for a second. Let's start here, though. The scope, ladies and gentlemen, the scope of remakes are different than the scope of the originals. Okay. When you think about scale, when you think about budgets, okay, what that game costed to make in 2012-2013 is a very different budget now. The Last of Us Part Two was a $100 million budget. This game, for all intents and purposes from what they've said, is an evolution of what they did for The, the Last of Us Part Two. So it is entirely possible that despite being a remake, as all of you like to assume that remakes are just the cheap thing to do to get money, there is a great chance that the budget for this game might even have surpassed The Last of Us Part Two. Now, why is that important? It's important because of the argument that's out there. How can you justify paying $70 for a game that is missing content from the original, right? Factions. We'll get there. We'll get to the factions part. I got a lot to say about that. But let's start let's talk about the game the, the the single player stuff because that's this this narrative of is this remake necessary, right? Let's address that. I want to list off some of the features of this remake, okay? Because this is all getting lost in the narrative of is it necessary? Here are the things that are happening differently that this game is doing as an improvement over the original. Visuals completely rebuilt from the ground up, which you know. Enhanced facial animations, real-time cutscenes, improved controls, overhauled combat, new and more intelligent enemy AI, new combat options, new animation system, enhanced exploration, expanded accessibility features, 3D audio, haptic support, adaptive trigger support. I just named 13 things that this game is either improving, rebuilding, or evolving from the original. So this idea that it's just a prettier looking thing that you already did, when all this stuff under the hood is happening, there's 13 things that I listed off, and they did all of that again, a second time for the Left Behind DLC, which is also great. Okay? So when we go back to this whole idea of value, we go back to scope, we go back to budget, doing this is not cheap, doing this takes a lot of hard work, doing this can go very wrong, and so there's a lot that this game is kind of putting on the line as a remake. When you're, when you're 
changing the entire combat system, the AI system, the animation system, combat options. You're, you're, you're changing the way exploration works in the game. These things are not a mere bag of shells. They all add up to a very unique experience. So this idea that this is just some cosmetic thing that they phoned in because y'all heard, oh, they're keeping the same, um, uh, you know, animations from the first game and that, that made you, or voice acting too, and that made you guys think that it was a phone-in job. Stop. It's not that way at all, okay? Now let's talk about factions. It's not included. But here's the thing, guys. Let's start here, first of all. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts out there. <laughs> and you guys make it very obvious that you guys don't have a clue what, e- what Factions even is. Some of y'all are literally out here calling this game Fractions. I have heard, <laughs> I, I think, three or four podcasts where the entire panel is calling this game Fractions. Are you guys, what do you think, it's a math game? Do you guys know what it is? Or are, oh, wait a minute, or are you just pretending to be mad that it's not there even though you probably never played it or heard of it? Or maybe it's this. Maybe it's your console war bait. Maybe it's a little bit of that, too. Here's the thing, guys. Is factions included in this package? No, it's not. But here's the question. And this is, I'm, this is really not trying to be whataboutism, but would you really like another half-baked multiplayer that has problems out of the gate? Do you want another Halo Infinite with no plan? Or would you rather go with what they're trying to build, which is something more robust and feature-complete? that they would like to hold off on until it's, I don't know, actually ready to come out. Unlike a lot of other multiplayer games we've seen in the last two to three years. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a great idea to me. But here's the other kicker. Who told y'all Factions was going to cost anything? It is entirely possible this could be a free-to-play game. It's entirely possible. If Sony wants this to be a big thing, they might just make it free-to-play out of the gate. Much like what Halo Infinite tried to do, you know? But we have to give things time, okay? So we have to understand that just because you look high level and see, oh, it doesn't have multiplayer, that doesn't negate all of the other hard work they're putting into making the best possible version of that single-player campaign and the DLC, and it isn't an indictment on what factions will ultimately be, and that's pronounced factions, okay? Now, Last thing I'll say. Last things I'll say. Here's a list of remakes with cut content that ended up fine. Resident Evil 2 and 3. Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Final Fantasy 7 Remake turned into a whole trilogy because there just wasn't enough <laughs> space to make all of that game in one game. So they decided to split it up. And there's still stuff that's not fully in the game anymore. Yakuza, Kiwami 1 and 2. Ratchet and Clank 2016. Link's Awakening, Metroid Zero Mission. Oh, I'll, I'll stop there. A lot of very high-profile franchises those are. And they all ended up pretty fine, despite having cut content. And that's the thing. Remakes do not always mean it's going to be a one-for-one of the original. No one said that. So right. it's important to remember that remakes are what they make them. And you don't have to buy it. Guess what, guys? You have so many options. People make it sound like this game, like like Sony has fine print somewhere that said, you guys have to buy this. If you go look online, it's like everybody's talking as if they have no other alternative. You have several. You can either buy it at $70. Here's an idea that I haven't heard at all in any of these conversations online. You can wait for it to go on sale. 
You can wait for it to drop until it hits a price that you are comfortable paying for. You can rent it. You can borrow it. You can wait for a PS Plus drop in the future. Or as Pablo said, you just don't have to buy it at all. Or hey, since y'all love the eight-year-old remaster so much, you already got what you need. So then don't, then don't worry about it. Games are all like that. You have options like any game ever. <laughs> you can choose to buy it. You can choose really to do. ignore it. You can get it later. You can get it on day one. You can do whatever you want to do with this game. But what, you, what you're not going to do is get on your Twitter page and start accusing people of, of corporate shilling because they want a game that you don't personally value. That's ridiculous. So I get it. If you're unhappy that Factions is not included and you would rather not buy the game at $70, that's your prerogative and it's your money. But I got money and I'm buying the game (laughs) and that's okay. And it doesn't make me anything except somebody who really appreciates The Last of Us as, as my second favorite game of all time and wanting to support this game because I believe in this remake much like I believe in Resident Evil 4's remake and Dead Space's remake and all kinds of other remakes we've seen over the years. Now, I've talked for a while, but I think it's really important to get this out there. No one is telling anybody they have to buy this game. No one is going to tell me that I'm bad for buying this game. And that's just the end of the story. Yeah, and we got to sit here and pretend that when the last of us two oh, last of us the last of us one came out people cared about factions factions was great but nobody, nobody talked, talked barely anybody that. played everybody that thing. Was, and it was excellent yeah and also yeah also let me I, I think and i'm pretty sure and i wonder if naughty dog will do this i think factions is still online for ps4 it is offline for ps3 but i think it's still operational on ps4 so if you guys miss it so much just go ahead and go play it over there it's yeah fine. i mean you you love you love you know? the 2014 remaster so much anyway that's your words guys so go play it yeah, I mean, honestly, if fun. you would, ra- I mean, if you want them to microwave you some half-assed factions mode that that doesn't live up to your nostalgia because you wanted something yeah. packed in with your seventy dollars purchase, instead of giving them the space and the runway to make a better game for you next next year, then you're part of the problem with when it comes to multiplayer games. Y'all want everything so fast, but it's got to be so great out of the gate. You guys get on podcasts and talk about it. it's got to have a great first impression. You have to have a great roadmap and it has to be a steady flow of content. But God forbid a studio actually wants to take time to figure that out and get it all right before they put it out. And y'all have a fit about it. So until you guys yeah. decide which way you want it, I would rather that Naughty Dog just do it the way they want to do it. And you guys can just deal. Yeah. Like I said, buy or don't buy. But I, I'm, I'm past yeah, the you- point of rushing... These these multiplayer games out of the gate because y'all are bored. Forget your boredom. Yeah. Y'all can play factions on your PS4, and I'll, me and Mark will be playing. And I'll uh, cook you. The Last of Us uh, a remaster. I'll get on there and cook you anyway, <laughs> Remake, man. Uh, on PS5, I I yeah I, I but then Marco, it's just the moving the goalposts because when Last of Us uh, Last of Us Two was out, it was nothing about the price, but then the content. And muscle and the oh y'all are insufferable, and, man! I didn't they, even get into that, but yeah, they, I mean y'all got mad about everything, gotta, and I get it. I didn't, they just mad I didn't everything. love everything about the Last of Us Part Two. I didn't think that the yeah. Joel thing was timely. I, I thought that was, I thought they rushed that that thing too soon. I didn't like it. That's true. I don't know yeah. if I like playing as Abby. I, I'm with y'all on a lot of that, but y'all have been too unfair to this series. I'm sorry, and and this is this is what 
this is why I get nervous about you know franchises. They they people just tucking away franchises. Yeah, hey, we're not going to make another Last of Us because y'all y'all don't know how to handle it. I wouldn't be surprised if after this, after the HBO series, we don't see Last of Us yeah. Part Three until maybe next gen. It's time to put y'all Probably. on ice for a while. Y'all can't handle this. <laughs> y'all can't handle good things yeah, without yeah, complaining. It's, it's it's wild, man. It's true. Anyways, true. said my piece there. It's time to move on. Let's get to the main event of the show, Pablo. Let's get into our checkpoint chat. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, so back in uh, episode 30 of the show, Pablo, we had a uh, open critic predictions episode where we took um, a portion of the games that were coming out this year, and we decided we were going to take turns predicting what the open critic scores would be for those games. And uh, since then, some games have come out, and uh, we've kind of seen how our predictions have fared so far. But there's also a lot of games that we have still yet to give open critic predictions to. So this is going to be somewhat of a part two of that particular episode, uh, which was episode 30, once again, if you want to go back and listen to that. So uh, if you hear us running through these games and you're going, wait, 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 where's, uh, you know, where's Bayonetta? Where's this? Where's that? We probably already covered it in the uh, the other episode. It's just that some games got announced since then. We got some release dates for other games. And so we want to get caught up on the rest that were left over yeah. after the first and time. We've, yeah. And we've also, and if you don't hear it there, it's because we probably also already done it on a exactly. hit point where we kind of talked about the game when it's announced and we get, we predicted there. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, now before we jump into our next batch of open critic predictions, Pablo, it's, it's only right that we uh, give the listeners a current tally of how things have been going I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go ahead and yeah, go ahead and go ahead and brag. Give him the score. Oh, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I, you know, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm the best at this. I'm oh, wait, the best ever predict uh, open Hold critic. On. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, I got what six right and two perfect. And Marco's like literally right behind me, one down. Yeah, each. I got yeah. five right. I got one perfect on the on the money there. Um, so so yeah. far it's pretty evenly matched. It was it was looking a little lopsided for a while there, but I, I swung I swung back yeah, in yeah. there. Um, but we have um, about close to two dozen games here, so we're going to run through these kind of um, rapid-fire, round-robin style, uh, give you our open critic predictions, give you a little bit of a reason why, and then we'll keep we'll keep it moving. So, Pablo, uh, yeah. let's go ahead and attack this list, and let's start with a game coming out in the next couple of days, uh, As Dusk Falls. Give me your open critic prediction. Tell me why. Yeah, th- this game is maybe might already be reviewed by Monday uh, because it's yeah. coming out that Tuesday. Oh, yeah. So if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. But so it is what it is. But uh, yeah, you look, Dust Falls kind of reminds me of one of those games where uh, the art style and all that stuff will kind of be like a darling to, to the media. Uh, I think that they'll like the, the way that the game approaches its storytelling. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, on that. I'm particularly interested in hoping it's like Kentucky Zero meets The Walking Dead in terms of quality. Mm. Uh, it, it definitely looks like something that that it could be. Um, I think ultimately this game is going to end up not being for everybody. Uh, I, there's going to be a, it's going to be a weird kind of like conversation. I'm sure there will be. I know. Uh, but I, I think for me, I would, I'm going to go ahead and give this game an 81. 81. Okay. So I'm entering this in our Google sheet in real time here. All right. So for me, um, I'm not too far away from where you're at. Um, I, um, I think this game is going to be a little bit divisive because of the art style. I think that seems to be the thing yeah. that people either love or hate. 
Um, so I can see a lot of people being really put off by the look of the game and some people really falling in love with it. But I think ultimately it is going to come down to writing, as you said. I haven't seen anything or felt anything from what I've seen of this game that makes me feel like it's going to be an, a, a really great written game. Um, I think it's going to probably hover around good, but maybe not the best. So I'm actually at a 79. Um, I think it's going to yeah. probably you know, have a, a handful of some you know, meandering reviews for it, but I think people will generally like it. But I am kind of concerned because of the drought clout thing earlier. Like, are people going to give this game more gas because it's yeah, on Game Pass? But that could maybe, but I, I, I do think that when it comes to these games, I mean, like, look at 12 minutes, you know, highly anticipated kind of uh, release, and it was just complete garbage. You know, I, I think if a game doesn't work, critics will at very least be open about that to a certain extent. But gotcha. um, yeah. But that's a good prediction. All right. Let's move on to the next game, Pablo. We have Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Now, they're saying it's going to be coming out this winter. We don't know when in winter. So we're going to just assume benefit of the doubt it might come out this year towards the end, but we're not too sure. Uh, Pablo, in the event that it does come out by the end of the year, where are you at? I found this to be one of my more difficult games to kind of gauge. Uh, the original is like at 83 in Metacritic, uh, so surely a remaster of that couldn't be w- less than 83. Uh, but then again, I, I mean, I don't know how those mechanics would fare today. I think what we know is that they improve camera and player movement updates, optimized UI, a new menu-based battle system, new background music, full VO added to scenes that were previously only text. I think a lot of those things are going to go a long way for the game in terms of being better than it's uh, than what it's being remade from. I know it's not a complete remake from the ground up. I also think there's a little bit of a there's a, there's an uptick there on, on on the love for Final Fantasy and, and and everything that's happening. I think this game looks fantastic. Uh, I think. Final Fantasy Remake took a lot of the doubt of of what these games could be. And for that, I do think that there might be some people who are like, ah, you know, it, it's not Final Fantasy VII Remake. It doesn't look as good, blah, so on and so forth. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and give this game an 85. 85. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, I am coming in a bit lower than that. Um, I got 82. Um, now, my points really aren't too different than yours. I think... Um, I think the main reason for my score is what you just said. I think there is going to be a little bit of a, ah, it doesn't look as good as the Final Fantasy VII remake projects. Yeah. And and I don't think people are going to realize, like especially if they've never played the original, that this is an old PSP game they, they're kind of bringing back to life here. Uh, and I do think that the story is going to be um, a bit, you know, kind of hit and miss for some people as well. Um, I like yeah. the story okay, but it is... Japanese. I don't know. This it's, game. it's it's a Japanese story. This one is. I heard this one's different. The ending is like hype. It as is. Fuck. It is. Uh, but you know they have yeah. like one of the characters is uh, a guy who was a J-pop star named Gact. He's cool. uh, Gact. Gact? <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, he is. Is that the noise? He plays, that, I think, the main antagonist of the game. Uh, and uh, so the game had a lot of traction because of that. Because he was like white hot. He was like the Michael Jackson back then. Of, of it's like, it's like, who is this guy? Because I kept reading articles about it back in the day. I'm like, who is this guy named Gact? That's like the worst name ever. It's gross. Yeah, but yeah. he was getting yeah, he was gacking these hoes out here, man. And uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, eighty two. The reason I go a little higher is only because I feel like that hype, that Final Fantasy remake hype, because I think I was really down on 7 Remake before it came out. Like, it was like, there's no way it's going to be. And it was like, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. It's like, I think people are going to be high on that. And I think some of the critics will be a little bit more, um, you know, they'll understand what this is. But we'll see, because there's a lot of people who factor it to open critic who aren't exactly professionals. Mm, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, yeah. Did you nah, know that? I didn't. It's news yeah. to me. Um, 
It's evil out there. Speaking of evil. <laughs> uh, I need to do, I, I got to go. My mom is calling me. Mommy yeah, said mom I got to go inside. You no more, man. <laughs> uh, we have Evil West, right, guys? Evil West is uh, on target to drop this year. This is an interesting one, Pablo, but I want to hear your uh, prediction. What do you think Evil West is going to get? A lot of people are excited for Evil West, at least from what I've seen. Some calling it Gears of War meets Doom. And while I definitely see the gameplay trailers and I see a bunch of stuff that makes, you know, that makes that make sense, I do question the quality of the game. Like, even like you know a trailer is to show you the best parts of that game and the environments look bland as fuck like it's like large empty spaces of just like mist of mist yeah. and you know it just it just looked it it looked it didn't look that like triple a polish that you're looking at and i look the combat looks fun sure but i mean I, is there depth to it i don't know I, I i do think that this game is gonna get a lot of people like oh man this is actually a really good game for what it is but i think ultimately the hype is gonna go pretty much uh, down the drain once the game releases and and i am gonna go here with a 71 71 all right yeah um is this on game pass by the way i don't remember I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I don't. Think I, so. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't think of that earlier. I would have looked it up. But uh, yeah. Um. I. I. Um. While you're looking that up, I think that I am in general agreement with you about the quality of the game. Uh. I think it's 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 a cool little thing. Um. I don't know if I've seen anything about it that makes me kind of lean forward in my chair. Um. However, I think it'll fare a little bit better than than where you have it. I uh, have it at a seventy eight. Um, I think that ultimately, um, it could be a really, one of those like double a sleeper hits that someone like an ACG is going to be like weirdly, uh, in love with, and it's going to get a little bit of like traction that way or something. Is it on game pass by the way? Did you see it's not? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like it's going to have one of those influencer types that are going to like really cape for this game for some weird reason and people are going to like yeah, be maybe. a little high on it um but overall i i'm kind of with you in the general theme i just don't see anything that's really remarkable about anything that i've seen video wise of that of that game so yeah and y- this game reminds me and what, what was the score i have 78 okay oh well, that's, well, that's, well, that's high uh i Cause it, it reminds me, and I've been burned by this. Biomutant is a game that I was so much looking forward to, and it stands at a 67. And it's everything I said about this game. This game reminds <laughs> me of that, like okay. a cool idea, but like ultimately just bland as fuck. Like, so I, I'm scared. I, look, if this game is Gears of War meets Doom, fuck yeah, let, let bring it on. But I, I, yeah, that's why I'm at 71. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next game. This game was recently announced at a uh, recent Nintendo Direct. Game called Harvestella, um, kind of a weird Rune Factory meets uh, Stardew meets JRPG, uh, coming out from Square Enix later this year. Pablo, tell me what you think. What's it? What's it gonna get? You gonna hate? You gonna hate me? Uh, you got I flop alert on this one. Times. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, look, I I looked at this trailer a few times, and I think it has a lot of cool concepts that could work. But I'm wondering if these two things in one game are going to run smoothly and work well. Like conceptually good execution, we'll see. It didn't look particularly amazing to begin with in terms like graphically. I just it was there's something about it. I know it's a Switch game, but something about it that I really didn't like at all. But I I, I don't know. I I do think that this game for me. Um, 
is it, it, it's gonna be mid is my thing i just think it's it's gonna have these ideas and i think mark i think we're gonna want it to be what we think it's gonna be but I, ultimately i don't think it's gonna it's gonna get there so for me i'm gonna go uh 74 uh 74 okay all right that's uh that's nah, that's fine um I am higher than that. Uh, you probably predicted that, but um, not by a lot, though. Um, I actually have um, seventy-eight for this one as well. Uh, and and okay. I think um, I think what's really interesting about this game is that it is it, it's got something that kind of creates something more than just farming, you know, in, in a cool square kind of way. Like I, I really thought the combat actually looked really nice uh, from what I saw. I think ultimately for me. Um, I think it's probably going to have a pedestrian story, uh, which will probably fall short of, of what it could have been. Um, and I think some of the farming stuff might be a little too simplified from what I look from what I looked at. Um, and it might not feel interesting enough as it would for a harvest moon or a stardew, obviously. Right. So it depends uh, if, if it's, if it's deep enough of a, of a farming component and it's not just this phoned in thing that gets overshadowed with combat, um, then I would sure. be happy, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. So I think it's going to be somewhere around yeah. a 78. I think it's, it's going to be one of those really like, Oh, you know, this is, this is, it, it'll be in that bravely default to kind of, you know, tier of quality where it's not, it's not yeah. going to knock you off your feet, but it's also not terrible by the, you know, by the sleep. It's not battling under. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I got 78. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to another. Uh, this is it. This is a JRPG we actually talked about recently because of the demo that dropped not too long ago. It's Live Alive, um, coming to Nintendo Switch later. Uh, actually, not too long from now at all. Uh, from I think it's pretty soon. So, yeah. yeah, Pablo, Live Alive. What do you think? Yeah, demo was fine. Visually, the game is gonna get a lot of praise because of that. I think uh, a lot of outlets are gonna assign people who were big fan of this uh, of of this game, and so I think there's gonna be an uptick in in terms of reviews there. Um, I think ultimately a lot of other people are gonna find the game to be good, but also a lot of people are gonna be like, definitely age. You can see the age. It's definitely a game of its time. A lot of those conversations will be had in reviews, and I think with that, I I I think those two things meeting in the middle is for me a 79 79 okay yeah um not quite flop alert but i'm close um i i have yeah. a 74 on this one um something to me and i don't mean this in a literal sense something got lost in translation here um the art style is beautiful there's no question of that the music is really well done um but i just don't know if there's enough here that um is really intentional in its storytelling and in the different characters you can play as in their in their uh, each of their self-contained stories i think there's a lot of dud potential in a few of those campaigns uh and i think if that is true which i'm predicting i guess in this case that it is i think this game's going to fall short um and be a nice looking game that people who maybe liked octopath will really appreciate but Maybe it's just too niche to really matter beyond that. And I think it's going to get some sevens and eights across the board, probably putting it at a 74. All right. So let's move on to the next one, Pablo. This one's a kind of a marquee game coming out. Marvel's Midnight yeah. Suns. Man, this game is a, this was a weird one for me to score, but uh, I'm going to kick it to you first. What do you think it's going to do on Open Critic? Yeah, it was weird for me too, because it's the, I, I the, 
do I want to play this game? Not really, <laughs> but how will it actually do an open critic? Like that those two things. I'm gonna I'm gonna start here with just kind of the pedigree of the studio behind this game, which for Axis, which you know, they're they're one of the best at what they mm-hmm. do. I I really do think that them taking on Marvel. Uh, I feel like they're confident in their approach to the game. I think there's a lot of stuff with the non-combat stuff, with the conversation pieces of the game. I think that's something new that they're doing, but I do think that that's going to add a a new kind of layer to, to, to their games. And I think that Marvel Midnight Suns is going to do very well. I, I think people are going to praise the Firaxis combat. I think they're going to really love the card system. Uh, I, I think that they're going to love just the, the Marvel of it all, you know, the, the comic book stuff of it. I think that, you know, Spider-Man, if done right, these games could be really good they really lend themselves really well to video games and having them uh, these uh, a, a, a whole crew of people uh that you can control and pick and choose who you can basically uh be friends with i think that's gonna it's gonna go a long way for a lot of people uh so i'm gonna actually gonna go with the 84 here 84 all right uh, let me add that onto our sheet um yeah man this was a tough one for me um i um I feel like the the rollout for this game has just been weird and when when we heard that the game was sort of undergoing some type of who knows the extent of it but kind of a re a reimagining midway much. through yeah. um that kind of made me go I don't know about this. Um so I think this might end up being um kind of a decent game but but maybe a letdown to some so i i'm not going too low i have it at an 80 myself um i think it's going to be just one of those like this game is fine type of games uh when all is said and done and people aren't going to be over the moon about it i don't think it'll be anyone's number one but i don't think anyone's going to go this is an outright bad uh video game so i think it might might make some people's top 10 maybe Uh, top 10 yeah i yeah, yeah, I yeah, I just go back. I just go back to Guardians of the Galaxy and how low we were on that from a studio that's so fucking yeah. like loved, and it just that's fucked with me honestly. Because any other year, I'd be like, I fuck this game. It's like cards. What the fuck? I want to play. <laughs> want to play no cards? But it, it, that's, spades. That's really <laughs> that's really fucked with me because I'm like, damn, I was so sh- I could have I could have bet. Um, um, my like life savings <laughs> on on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy just being trash Listen. and just losing all my money, you know. So, like, um, all seven cents. Uh, mm. But yeah, it's uh, it, that's what's fucking with me with, with a lot of these games. Good. Our next game, good. Let it, let it, yeah. let it get in your head. But yeah. if this was Marvel's Midnight Spades, I would have gave us like a ninety three on on Open Credit. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> we got a this one's gonna be a fascinating one this is one i was looking forward to talking about we have pentiment up yeah. next i think there's a lot of factors around this uh that can be interesting here so i'll kick it to you first what are you thinking it, it it's obsidian it's john sawyer josh if obsidian thought john sawyer uh, josh sorry josh uh, is it josh yeah, it's josh sawyer, yeah. It, it, it's gonna be like they're gonna let him do this i almost feel like this has to work but historically games like this like you with unique art style and unique premise get a lot of goodwill on the backs of their attempt of innovation even if they don't succeed like oh like uh, card shark is a game that's on 80 on 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 open critic i love that game i think it's really cool but i mean a lot of the stuff said is a, a lot about the visual aspects of the game and less right. about the game right. basically qte the game right uh but i i do think this game will be great though i do I, i'm confident in the pedigree of the team uh and after playing a game like disco elysium a well-crafted written narrative experience with a sense of personality is all i need and i think 
that this game is going to be that. I, I think a lot of people had something completely different in mind when Pentiment was kind of rumored because of Disco Elysium and because of other games that they've done in the past. And that onset when they first saw that art style was a bit jarring for them. But ultimately, I think that it's I'm very I'm excited for this game. Um, but I think it's gonna do well enough to for it to garner an 86 on Open Critic. Ooh, we are close. Oh man. Okay, yeah. 86 on yeah. open critic i got 85 um yeah yeah i, wow. I okay. uh this this was hard because i i felt like you were going to be in the same area so i was like man if we end mm-hmm. up with the same one i'm either going to have to go like over or under uh and and, and kind of hedge yeah. my bets that way but i think drought cloud is going to be a big part of this review because it's really and i don't mean this in a bad way anymore this isn't trolling but it's really all xbox has this year now like the big one of the big things yeah. that they have first party wise. So I think naturally there's going to be more eyes on this game. And if it's good, I think people are going to tilt it to great. Um, not to say that it doesn't have potential to be great. I just think that there is going to sure, be some sure, kind sure, of sure. curve to this particular game because they got to have their one thing that turned out good. Right. So I think this is going to be very good. I think when it first comes out, it's probably going to hover. It's probably going to be all over the map. It's going to be 86 for a few hours, go up to 87, go down. I, I think it's going to stabilize yeah. at about 85. Uh, and and the, the main reason why I think so, I think the writing will be good. I think the art style is going to get on some people's nerves. That The game's art style, I, I watched it again before we recorded, and I'm like... People's yeah. faces aren't even moving. There's no animations with the trees. It's just very static. Everything is very static and and weird looking. So I don't know if this is going to... It, it can have that indie vibe to it, but it's not an indie game. And, and so I hope that people are going to not just try to pretend in their mind it's an indie game to like like it's the little game that could no you know no I mean? yeah that and that's yeah and i agree i don't think anybody should do that because this is made by not only it's made by obsidian but it's an xbox owned right. studio as well yeah. so you know you we you, you, I, I, that would be complete bullshit be like but it is for what it is no no, no for what it is is an obsidian exactly. game don't owned play by it xbox. down now yeah no so this I, is one of your biggest studios yeah, I, yeah, but I do think that uh, Disco Elysium, if you really look at like kind of like the art style, is really cool. But like they don't really have any like facial animations. Like sure they have the thing that comes up. Like I think that's why I said a well written game with like a sense of personality. If it, but it has to be perfect, and it's very ambitious too because it's spanning out in a long time. Like you know the, the 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 thing. One of the hooks is like you can meet someone and then as a little kid and then meet them later and they're adult married or whatever depending yeah. where the story goes. So it's very ambitious in that way. So it does have to hit. And I wonder if if they're able to kind of control all those narrative threads and really come, make it come together really beautifully. This could be a huge surprise for a lot of people. But we'll see. Yeah, I uh, eighty six. I, I feel confident at eighty six. But you know, eighty five is right there too. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. This is another one that I'm excited to hear you talk about. We have Scorn up yeah. next. Scorn is coming out uh, later this year. Uh, it's a very mysterious game that Pablo has deemed the most phallic game of all <laughs> the times in video game history. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about Penis the Game? Uh, Pentiment, yeah, uh, if you will. Yeah. This has a terrible game written all over it, but I think it could be something there. Xbox 
con- it continues to talk about it, continues to show drippy penises <laughs> on, uh, be drippy? on their screens. Like, like they haven't shied away from it. Like, it, so that 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 shows to me that there's might be something there. The drippy ass penis oh game uh, would be easy to just kind of silently release and let die, but that's not what they've chosen to do here. You know, it's part of their 2022 release strategy. Yo, like they're talking I don't about like it. I don't like you saying release in this context anymore. <laughs> Can you stop? <laughs> it's, it's part of their 2022 uh, strategy, man. And it's like part, it's like they, they gave it, they gave it a date at the showcase. So I think that there might be something there. Like it's not, I don't think it's going to be like an unmitigated disaster, but I, I'm going to go with 79. 79. Okay. Thought you were going to go with 69 to keep with the theme that you were going with there. Nasty hey, boy. Let's go. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm not too far away from 69. I'm at 70. Um, I think this game is a uh, potential flop alert. Um, if I had to yeah. hit a siren for this one, this this yeah, this one I don't know, man. I I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to look forward to from this game. Right, right. The the, the rollout has been completely obscure. I I don't know what this is other than some gothic looking thing, and um, I have no indication of what the gameplay is going to even be like or how intuitive I it's, it's gonna i know person. it's first person but i mean i, don't, I just don't know what oh. what it's gonna entail right, like, right, right what's going on so i will be shooting i dicks. feel well i don't know man it, it's it's uh it's it just feels like they're they're more eager to show off the look and art style of the game than the actual game and that just to me has put a really weird undercurrent in in my head about this game of like maybe they don't have anything that they're really proud of other than the art style and in the peens every which way, so I got seventy on this one, man. I I don't I yeah. don't think there's anything here that is is potentially going to be all that remarkable. I'd love to be wrong about all the games I've given lower scores mm, to, but course. this one in particular, I just don't see anything yeah. that makes me go, hmm, this is yeah, this might be all right. I don't, and I and I def. And I definitely get that, but I just I just can't get out of my head that Xbox keeps talking about. It. There's another game that's all visual like awesomeness, and they don't ever talk about it. I think it's releasing like silently, like next week, which is like uh, Xbox. Oh, it's just like Bright Memory uh, Infinite. Mm. Like I think that game is all visual. Like oh my god, it's yeah. amazing. They're not talking about that game. <laughs> it's like coming out next week or some shit. And by the way, if you hear a child crying in the background, that's my all baby. Right. You want to be part of the show just now. Just went, I think he said it's going to be a 74. I think I heard him say that. Um, <laughs> cop out right in the middle of our scores. All right, let's move on to the next game, Pablo. We have Skull and Bones, which was recently revealed for the first time not too long ago. Um, really interesting uh, game on, on the part of Ubisoft. How do you think this one's going to turn out, man? What do you What do you got? Skull and Bones. Mm-mm. A game that is contractually <laughs> obligated to release... <laughs> A game years in the making just to be re-released, re-shown, and looked exactly like where they left off. Uh, you know, it's it's. I've been talking about team pedigrees this whole time. Ain't no pedigree with Ubisoft. You don't know what the fuck you're gonna mm. get with that team. And this just seemed. This just. This has dead on arrival written all over it. They they're releasing it a day before uh, God of War. Oof. Uh, listen. I, I can go on and tell you how many ways this game is going to be hot garbage, <laughs> pee pee juice, whatever Not you want to call it. Juice. Uh, but I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to go ahead and, and say it's going to it's going to get. By, by the the contingent of, of people who like these uh, free to play or not free to play but like these kind of like you know multiplayer PVE PVP bullshit games, give a little bit more of a you know kick. 
Uh, I'm going to go with 64. 64. Wow. That's me Woo, being nice, went low. motherfuckers. Yikes. How low can you go? I'm not going that low. I, I'm, I mean, I mean, nothing about this game. Nothing about this game looks good. I mean, does it look? I mean, the the ships and stuff. It's like, it's a game that that they talked about. Like they're reno, they're renovating. Like they're, they're really seeing something we've never seen before. <laughs> and see a thieves is sitting there, like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like <laughs> we've been here, you know? Oh man, it's I I I, I, I get I, your principles behind it yeah. though. I do. I do understand. Yeah. I got yeah. seventy though. Uh, I don't think it's going to be much better than you're saying. I, I I think it's a yeah. It's a weird project all around. I just don't you know. There's no story, anything like. It's just go out there and you know buy stuff from our shop and uh, go find your fun and out there walk. in the seas. It's like all right, well. Yeah, and walk like a 1950s greaser. Through yeah, what was that strut? Like, man, that was like the. That's like what Forspoken was probably trying to go for. It was like awful. The hips hops moves. Hip hoppy. <laughs> God Almighty, that was that was so weird. Everybody looked all every, every character they showed looked terrible. I I mean the ocean, the water looked good. The ships looked really nice, but you get up close to those sure. characters and it's like typical, like just a teaspoon away from looking like a Ubisoft NPC kind of characters. It's no life to it, like, no heart, nothing, no fire, no nothing. And trying to take like a a serious like. A, a, it looks like a serious pirate game. Yeah, it's like you know, the whole pirate genre is silly it's, it's, and it's fun. That's why. That's why Sea of Thieves. Uh, yeah, we don't play it. We're not. Yeah, we're not huge fans of it. But they lead into the parts of the Caribbean of it all. Like it's 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 very fun and loose and 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 it has all these little cool little features that they do that you know brings them the mysticism mm-hmm. of piracy into the fold. This is oh, like man. fucking cutting down trees. Like, well, shut the Young Ye uh, is going to have a field day with this game. That's my prediction. <laughs> Skull and Bones is, uh, has mass protest because of the microtransactions that are scummy and... Yeah, and you know... And, that, and that's the thing about this game, that you know it's the way, but they're going to make their money up front because people are going to spend some money on this bullshit. Yeah. It's kind of like a like a Diablo Immortal thing where it, it made millions of dollars. Why do you say uh, Diablo but, like the country is bumpkin ever? Diablo, we got that daggum uh, Diablo, Diablo four. <laughs> yeah, I just hell? looted some suspenders. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Somerville. Big game, big game coming out that I'm really. We've I both mean, been talking about this uh, ever since it was first revealed. Um, Pablo, what do you think, man? Uh, just to say, there's nothing more bumpkin than finding some shit on the ground and then putting it on. I just that that daggum bad. Listen, I'm a little concerned about Somerville. They just had an Xbox showcase and didn't say shit about this goddamn game, and then snuck it into the uh, into like the background. It's coming out this it was year. So needlessly promise. aggressive. All right, game- keep going, keep going. This is a game that looked so awesome, but I, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see exactly what happens here. Um, I'm a little concerned that they're not really showing it or talking about it, but it is coming out this year. Um, but ultimately, Inside was amazing. Uh, I love Inside, and I think it, the premise of this entire game looks absolutely incredible. The art style looks incredible. All of, everything about this game looks really incredible. I can't wait to see it. But um, because of that, and because of the pedigree of the person behind it. I'm going to go with 81. 81. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So uh, for me, I think this game's going to be a banger. I think this is going to be one of the standouts of uh, the end of the year. I hope. Um, I think this is going to turn out really well. I think this is going to be kind of up there with inside everybody's favorite 
of this type of game. Um, Love so I'm actually going a little higher on this. So I'm going 86. I think this game's going to get reviewed really well. I think this is going to tap into some some really you know emotional beats with the family thing. Um, I think it's going to really capture some people with its um, art style and its aesthetic and just that magic that these games tend to have that just somehow they manage to be captivating even though there's no dialogue or anything in in the game like yeah. these games just manage to hit that on the head every time i think this game is going to be right in that camp of uh greatness even though i didn't love inside that much i respect it and i think this is going to be probably just as good in my personal opinion so i got 86 on this one um yeah i hope i hope man cuz i i love inside inside is the only game that i've ever played like the first run through got a thousand mm. uh, like uh, score on it because I, I was just enthralled, and I hope that this game is just as good as that. But I'm a little, I'm a little worried. Just, just well, don't worry. Me. This next game is going to turn out great, Pablo. It's time. <laughs> we got to talk about oh boy. the Kwame Brown of video games. We got <laughs> we got <laughs> Sonic Frontiers coming at us. Tentative. There's they're they're still saying it's happening. So hey, we got to talk about it. So Pablo. Sonic Frontiers, talk to me about this game. I'm going to just lay back and relax for a few minutes. <laughs> no, listen, it, it, you boys come on this show, and sometimes we talk about things that we don't like in a more aggressive tone than maybe we actually feel like. You know, we, we play it up a little bit to kind of just show how much we don't like something or how much we don't respect something. Anytime I talk about Sonic, ain't none of that. I'm being straight up with you. Sonic sucks because it sucks, and this game will suck, okay? <laughs> Listen, the people at Team Sonic aren't doing any favors claiming Sonic fans don't understand Sonic. They've literally said that. They said that they don't understand what Sonic Frontiers is. I understand what it is. A bland-looking-ass game where you're trying to put a Sonic into a realistic world with bullshit uh, fucking things that he slides on for no eh, eh, fighting balloons and and fighting. Uh, <laughs> He's giving them balloons you know, the business too, isn't he? Oh my god, yeah, the balloons I are mean, getting worked. <laughs> look, could you possibly <laughs> set the bar really, really low and surprise people? Yeah, listen, I, people are going to say that they love this game, just like they say they love the that Sonic Collection, just like they say they love Sonic Mania, whatever. Man, look, the problem with Sonic isn't that Team Sonic isn't doing a good enough job making those games. I mean, that's part of it. The problem is that it doesn't matter what you do. Sonic is terrible. Okay? Uh, <laughs> it, 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 I don't care. I, I don't like the games. I don't like the genre. I, 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 even as a kid, I, I, I you know, you played them as I played them at Marco's house, and I'm sure we, we thought they were good then. But, you know, we, we, we're kids. We're stupid. Kids are stupid. <laughs> You know, uh, this kid behind me don't even know how to talk yet. What a dumbass! You know, <laughs> but, I, I don't know, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. Listen, I ultimately for me, uh, this game is it just looks like a disaster, and it looks like a game that a lot of people are going. What is to your score? And I'm not gonna <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and I'm not gonna go as low as you think I am, but it's pretty low. I'm gonna go 73. Oof, that's pretty close to mine, actually. You grazed yeah. me. You pushed me. Um, Push you. I got 71 on this hoe, man. Um, yeah. I think this game is going to be um, kind of the comedy act of the year. 
I, I don't think it's going to be a it. I don't know if it's going to be a buggy game, but I think some of the issues with being an open world Sonic game, like laughable pop in and stuff like that. I think this game is going to be kind of a laughing stock in some ways. Um, and I don't think that a lot of reviewers are going to want to take the chance of calling this game great after the backlash happened um, with the reveal yeah. on IGN. So I I don't really think this one is going to review well at all. I think it is going... IGN's going to give this game a 7. This yeah, I think they're going to scratch and claw their way into the 71 range. Even then, I was even considering going a little bit lower. I, I think this game is going to be kind of the comedy gold of the year because it just feels to Pablo's point so nonsensical in, in, in every way shape yeah. or form the concept is weird it looks weird there's no focus or intention to anything it's just trying to be some weird great value breath of the wild but for sonic and it's yeah it is laughably falling short from everything we've seen so far and balloons i don't want to fight balloons mm. all all game long bro i don't and speaking of fighting, a lot of people who've played it say that the game is a lot more combat-centric, which is weird to me because you have this open world with Sonic who loves to go fast, and you're going to concentrate on the combat. I don't know, man. Like, it, it, even then, it, it looks like it's just a lot of glorified zipping around in the sky to do something that looks cool that probably yeah. isn't. But that's what, I, that's what I mean. Even then, like, th- honestly, if, if you wanted to make this game a next-generation Sonic game, the whole entire Sonic 1, Sonic 2, the premise is side-scrolling. That... that if you turn that, make that 3D, and just have him run through the world mm-hmm. itself and have these little arcs in those in those mountainsides, just make it an actual 3D game. They didn't do that. They 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 have the open world for combat and they have the fucking shit in the sky for like a slow ass grinding. I, I don't. <laughs> it's uh, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's move on to the next game. We have a few more to go here. We have Soul Hackers Two. Uh, Pablo, this is one that you've had your eye on for a little while here, so yeah. it's only right that we kick it to you first and, and tell us what you think the open critic will be for this uh, very unique-looking RPG. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think for me what has it kind of like uh, really in, in my radar is like the the pitches. It's between a game between Persona 5 and a game between Shin, uh, Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, Shimigami Tensei, yeah. So it's like right in the middle, and a lot of the the, the, the stuff I seen really artistic. Like the art is really cool. I think the game looks really cool. I think the concept of the game is really dope, and I, I, I'm really looking forward to to one of these games, uh, one of these uh, JRPGs to come out this year and really blow me away. And I think this is gonna be the one. Um, I have some people not liking it, criticizing it for its lack of depth, or maybe uh, not being quite uh, Shimigami, but not quite being Persona. But I still think it'll it'll get you 86. 86. All right, 86. Yeah. He says. I have it down as an 80, Pablo. I think this is going to be the epitome of an 8 out of 10 game. I think everything about it just looks like an 8 out of 10. Um, I don't see a lot of outlets going yeah. higher than that, maybe a handful of them that are really enthusiastic. But I think this game is going to be it's like the most solid JRPG of the year if if Xenoblade is not your thing. Uh, I, I think this is probably yeah. going to be that runner-up game, uh, which is a good thing, and I, I hope it is as high of a you know score as you have it. But I think it's just going to be maybe a little too obscure for people. I think some reviewers are probably going to um, maybe unfairly stereotype it as just another here's another quirky JRPG that's you know a little Persona like, and I, I I don't know if it's going to get the yeah. same clout that a you know a Shin Megami or a Persona will. So I think it's going to be a little bit in that. 80 range to uh to me so we will see let's move on yeah yeah 
Um, we have two more to go. Pablo, this is the one we talked about earlier. It's only right that we talk about The Last of Us Part 1, the remake, the, the highly controversial remake of the 2013 classic. Pablo, here we are. What do you think? Yeah, I, my only concern is online discourse leading over to actual video game journalists. Are they concerned? Do they want to really talk about the game fairly or do they want to focus their uh, really cool and really introspective writing about uh, the value of a dollar? I, like, I don't I, I wonder if that's going to be the case. I think it might be for some of the, you know, Kutakus of the world or whatever. But we'll see what that comes down to. I, I would personally say this game should probably be in the 90s, uh, but I think ultimately it's going to uh, review at 80. 88 uh an open 88 okay Mm -hmm. um i have this as an 84 um i am very concerned that this is going to be the 8.5 out of 10 kind of game to a lot of people and they're going to be very um almost too pragmatic about the score because of the lack of factions i think people are going to you know not be able to shake that off and like i said at the you know earlier segment of the show I, i don't agree with that really at all um, but I think it's going to be held against this game. But I, I do think that there has to be an undeniable greatness that is, um, you know, recognized in these reviews, despite whatever you think about um, the contents. And I think the contents of the single player um, stuff with all the refinements that I listed off that everyone's pretending isn't there uh, will be a very big difference maker <laughs> in the enjoyment of this game. So I think ultimately 84 is where I see it landing. Um, it won't be the best news for sony um but i do think that's kind of where the reviews are going to skew based on uh what you and i talked about so um yeah and that brings us to our last game pablo warhammer 40k dark tide a lot of people don't talk about warhammer a lot it's one of those franchises that has its following but just never really crossed that threshold into the mainstream and now we have uh dark tide coming out and uh we're all wondering how this one's going to fare. So why don't you kick it off? What do you think? Yeah, I I, I seen a couple of previews about this. Uh, I'm I'm more interested about Warhammer uh, 40k as just kind of a product because I'm really looking forward for Space Marine 2, which I think is going to be the game that hopefully puts this franchise mm. up there. I don't think this is going to be that, um, but everything I've seen is people are re- really high on it uh, in terms of like, I think it's going to be a pretty good uh, one of these games. But I think ultimately with that, I, I just don't think the industry really unfortunately respects Warhammer or fortunately, however you want to put it. So I'm going to say 74. 74. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too far off, man. I have 76. Um, I think that this one is weird because it looks like it could be fun, but um, it yeah. just doesn't look like it has a lot of depth to it when I watch the gameplay. It just looks like it's kind of hanging its hat on lots of hordes of, of enemies coming at you, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't see anything about the actual combat that looked really all that interesting. It just sort of seemed like a bit of an old school, a little bit of doom in there, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, Um yeah. Which is nice, but I just, again, I don't think that, that Warhammer Dark Tide is going to really move the needle for the series in a way that you know makes it legit in people's eyes. It just seems like an okay game uh, that I can see dropping on Game Pass yeah. or uh, something like that or on sale heavily. It is dropping. It, it is. is oh, that's Pass, right. Yeah, yeah, it is Game Pass. But I mean, um, yeah, it is maybe it's game, just maybe it is made for that kind of audience where it, it just doesn't have enough clout to be anything better than a Game Pass kind of stuff in. Yeah. And and ultimately, a game like this would really have to come down yeah. to the to the ga- gameplay, the gun, the the gunplay. Because I 
you know, Hired Gun was a was a game that looked really cool, just like mm-hmm. this. And then when I actually got my hands on that, that game it uh, controlled horribly. <laughs> it was fucking a joke. I, and it, so I hope that that's not the case here. But yeah, we shall see. All right, man. Well, that is going to do it for our checkpoint chat. Um, I think that was a pretty fun time. Uh, we will keep all of you posted um, as we get closer to the end of the year to let you all know what our final tallies were with who got the most right and who got the most on the money when it comes to both of our uh, open critic predictions. But in the meantime, Pablo, I think I think we're good. That's going to cover this week's show. Yeah. Uh, on behalf of Pablo, thanks for checking us out this week. We really appreciate you for showing us some love. If you want to keep showing us more love, you can do that by uh, following us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast. And you should also sub to our podcast if you have not already, if you happen to enjoy this and want to see who wins later this year. Uh, but in the meantime, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for checking us out, and we'll see you next week. Make me feel good.